God's good. Who knows he loves you? Say, my daddy loves me. It doesn't have to be diddy for you. It can be whatever. You can say daddy. Sounds like a goat. Daddy. God's so fun. I love him. You know, we're talking today about love because pastor's been preaching on multiple things this year. Rest, receiving, power, victory. You know, and just last week when we were talking about um, the new communication thing, we talked about part of it is so that we can create a culture of love. It's not love if you only have one person to go to. It's love when you have a family. You know, and that's biblical. It's biblical for us to go to each other. Iron, sharpening iron. Each other holding each other accountable. Each other lifting each other up. Each other loving each other. That's family. But here's the thing. All of that stuff that pastor's been preaching on, power, victory, reception, and rest, doesn't work without love. God is love. You will not see any of that stuff come to pass without love in your life. You know, and the issue is right now, it's not even just the world. The body, half the body is walking in the flesh day in, day out. You've got this whole me culture that makes me want to hurl. (laughs) Y'all look, I'm just going to go ahead and give the preface. This is me. Y'all know me. I will behave as much as I possibly can. But here's the thing. Think about the world right now. How about this? I just need some me time. How about Matthew 6.33? Seek first the kingdom and all things will be added to me. He never said, thus saith the Lord. Get a coffee and hide in the corner by yourself. You need some me time. I don't see that anywhere in here. Do what? Never heard it. Doesn't mean our flesh don't want it. Or how about this? Those are my babies. Look, every mama right here, mamas to be, all y'all guilty. This lady right here, guilty this week. I'm going to be real with y'all. Like, look, I love everybody's kids. They're all cute, snot-nosed, little running around. All of them. I love them. But when you mess with my babies, like sometimes Pruitt just rises up out of this body with the red head and the red neck, and it's like, oh, no, you didn't. Let me tell you how it's going to be. Mess with me, but mess with my babies? Oh, snap. But why don't I jump to defend Kenley that vehemently? Why don't I jump to defend David that vehemently? Do y'all do the same for my kids? (laughs) No, we don't. Because it's me, a culture of me and mine. Mess with my husband and you're going to meet the floor and it won't be the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Or how about, I've just got to do what makes me happy. Blah. How about, here's a good one. I got to get what's mine. Newsflash, you know what's yours? It's a very round figure. 
nada, nothing. Oh, I like this one. Oh, they're going to know what I think. <laughs> Why are y'all laughing? <laughs> Amy's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> It's true, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amy's like, mm-hmm. getting warm in here, isn't it? Let's do the holy roller one. You need to come to my church. My church is so wonderful. My church loves, it's so good. My church has the best children's ministry. We have a slide, y'all. My church, it's not your church, it's his church. This church is only the best church for those God has planted here. If someone comes in here and they've been called to be planted at first whatever of whatever street, that is their best church because that's where they're called to be nourished and planted. Don't ever tell anybody my church is the best church. His church is the best church. You need to pray and go wherever he tells you to go. Slide or no slide. Awesome jokes or no jokes. You know, I mean, not every, some people are walking in the overflow and some people are still striving to get there. Bless their darling hearts. (laughs) But see, that's the thing. Love gives. You know, Pastor and I have always said, Three opinions. You love us, you hate us, you don't know what to do with us. And look, we honestly mean that. If somebody walks in here and they're not sure that this is the place for them, we want them. And we've actually had this happen. We want them to come up to us and say, hey, your church, it's, it, yeah. but I feel like I'm called to something different. And we'll ask them questions. What do you feel like you're called to? What is it God's leading you to look for? And we'll point them to Bible-based churches in the area. We're not pointing them to just first whatever of whatever street. We're going to point them to who preaches the word in fullness. But we will happily point them out our door if this isn't where they're called to be. Why? Because love gives. Look, i got to go see my hairdresser soon because this hair is like tickling my nose. So I'm not picking my nose, but just bear with me. (laughs) Love gives. And it's not about me. It's all about him. There is no love without God. If everything we do is thinking about me, my time, my babies, my hubby, my whatever, where's God in that? There is no love without God. So everything that we do or say has to have God at the foundation. So you won't walk in power without God at that foundation. You won't walk in victory without God at that foundation. A lot of people in the body, I'm not just talking boomerang, I'm talking the body as a whole, don't know how to manifest this word Because they've not chosen to walk in love. Remember, love is a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving at the leading of God. You've got the choice with every breath you take to walk in love. But you've got to make a commitment because there's going to be plenty of times, air day, all day, for you to not walk in it. You've got to be committed. No matter what I see, no matter how I feel, I'm going to be committed to walk in love because that's God. Jesus, Lord, if there be any other way, but what did he do? He loved. He said, Father, I'm making this choice. Y'all know Jesus could have walked away and still been Jesus. 
Like it wasn't, now you're the son of God, but if you don't do this, we're going to revoke you. I'm going to disown you. That wasn't on the table. Jesus had a choice, and he chose and committed to you. Look in Ephesians 3.17 through 19, it says, So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to all the fullness of God. Excuse me. To know the love of Christ is what fills us with the fullness of God. So if we're missing anything, it's probably because we don't know Christ in that area. If there's some power missing, some healing missing, some finances missing, it's probably because we don't know the love of Christ in that area. Because it's that love that gives us the fullness and empowers us. Now, look, I got four pages of notes, but like one and a half of them is 1 Corinthians 13 because they don't have the Passion Translation, so don't freak out. But let's look at, look, like four pages for pastor would be, I mean, if he actually preaches his notes, yeah, this would be like a series. <laughs> I love my husband. All right, so let's look. What does love look like? Just listen. First Corinthians 13 in the Passion Translation. If I were to speak with eloquence, in earth's many languages, and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never learned to love, I am nothing. And Luke, when we were studying together, put his commentary. He said, and you are also dumb. Side note, Barb. Verse 3, And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessings come to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflates one's own importance. Love does not traffic in shame or disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Listen to this. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Don't check out and don't look at me in that tone of voice. Diddy said it, not me. I'm working on that one too. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. That means when somebody's done us wrong, we don't take joy in, mm, karma must taste bitter, doesn't it? That's not love. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best in others. It never stops. Love never takes failure as a defeat, because love never gives up. To say love stopped is to say God stopped. This whole crap, well, we just fell out of love with each other. You weren't in love in the first place because God doesn't just disappear. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If love stopped, love was probably never in it in the first place because love never stops. No matter what you do to me, I love you. No matter what you say to me, I love you. 
No matter the offense you take and walk away from me, I love you because love never stops. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which one day will fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Love is more powerful than all of those. We'll run to a church because they got words of knowledge and wisdom. Because these people speak in power and in tongues. But Boomerang Church is not a house of tongues and prophecy and knowledge. Boomerang Church is a house of love. You see, people will come hungry to see power. I mean, the world, is, the world does that. Find somebody that has power and money and fame, and the world's like, oh. <laughs> but it's love that's going to keep them here. Love is the one thing that stands the test of time. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. But when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured, and I set aside my childish ways. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries, as though reflected in a mirror. But one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now. But one day I will understand everything just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then, there are three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. Yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you run. It didn't say try. It said do. That's a commandment. You see, God tells us in Hebrews 8 that he did away with the Ten Commandments and replaced it with the One, the New Covenant, because it's the most important thing there is. Let me ask you a question. If you were walking in love, what do you steal? If you were walking in love, what kind of trash talk are you doing? If you're walking in love, how much are you coveting your neighbor's wife? If you're walking in love, how much are you hurting and killing others? You have one commandment. He said he did away with it because they, they couldn't keep the ten. He said, but this one I give you. I will be their God and they will be my people. This one commandment is all that's asked of you. And in that one commandment, you fulfill all and walk in all. How awesome is that? You see, we make it so hard. Why can't it just be easy? I mean, three-fourths of churches is out there. God never said it would be easy. Y'all, I'd never want to smack somebody so bad is when they say God never promised it would be easy and God's given me this as a test. Read your word. God will not test you. He's not come to judge you. Jesus took on the judgment for you. Don't tell me it's not easy. And God, you, if you tell me God made you sick, I'm going to give you a black eye. I love you. Maybe not physically a black eye, but in my head, you're going to have one. Right? Yeah, you know, because, I mean, if I do it in my heart, I've already done it. So, I mean, I might as well just get the satisfaction doing it. That's not love. <laughs> but I love me some Jesus. <laughs> Seriously, though. There's one thing that gets me hotter than, like, messing with my babies and my man. That's messing with my Jesus. And God did say it would be easy. He said it would be easy and light. And it truly is easy and light to put on love. It's a choice. 
He tells us in 1 John 4, 18 and 21. I got lots of scripture because, y'all, it's the craziest thing. When I started praying about love, like scripture after scripture after scripture went and popped up. It's almost like God is love. And in his word, all he talks about is love. Y'all don't even know. You see, we get wrapped around the axle if it's too hard because we're scared. I don't want to love you, Amy, because you might walk away from me and hurt me. I don't want to be honest with you, Mark, because you might judge me and talk about me. I don't want to bear all before God because what if I look stupid? Like, y'all, I'm just telling you what, like, my male that I've had to deal with across the years. Because we're scared. And remember what we said before? An absence of anything is because there's a lack of of Jesus there. But in 1 John 4, 18 and 21, it says, There is no fear in love. Does no leave room for like a fraction of a percent? No means no. But perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. And the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, yet he hates his brother or sister, he's a liar. Like, this isn't Nicole. This is God. You're a liar. If you say, I love you, God, but I hate him or her. Because, mm, do you know what they did to me? Mm -mm. But the word of God says, if you hate them, you don't love God. For the one who does not love his brother and sister whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has seen. And this commandment we have from him that the one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. And y'all, I love kids. I love just the innocence of kids. So I'm reading over my notes this morning. I'm like reading them out loud. And Luke's sitting at the table eating a cereal that Marky bought him, so he was a happy boy. And I get to this point, and I said, and this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God must also love his brother and sister. He pipes up. He goes, you know why we have to love them, Mama? I'm like, why, bud? He said, because God is in your brother and sister. Well, thank you, sir, for making that. Like, Kids have a way of making it so black and white. You see, when I look at you, I need to see Jesus in you. I don't need to see what you did. I don't need to see what you say. I need to see in the image of he is who you are. We love them because we see God in them. Doesn't mean they always act like God. But I am betting at some point today you are not going to act like God. So if we're judging others for not acting godly, we have to start right here. But y'all, praise God. He saw all of our mess. And he said, you know what? I'm going to wipe it as though it never happened. Clean as snow. Y'all, I mess up daily. And yet God still calls me clean. I can walk in the power and the victory that pastor has taught us about because daily his mercies are new. Daily his love is unmeasured. Daily I am full of him and his love and his goodness. And it's that love that empowers me to walk the word. It's that love that empowers me to get out of the funk. Have you ever been in a funk? 
You ever just acted stupid? And you knew it was wrong. But it's like every morning you get up and you just see yourself and it's like, whatever. Another day. Because we see ourselves. But when we stop and we look in the mirror and say, you know what? He says He created me in the image of Him. That means somewhere within this body, as corrupted as it is, somewhere within me is the image of my ditty. Somewhere within me is an ounce of love that He has poured into me. That's what pulled me out of the funk. Was I chose to stop looking at me. You know, for a while, I wouldn't even look in the mirror. Not because I was like scared of the mirror, but because I decided to work a muscle. I'm not going to look at Nicole. I'm going to seek him first in all things. Therefore, I'm not looking to me. I'm not going to look at my reflection and see, do I look like I'm going to be a good enough person today? Instead, Lord, this is your day. I am your vessel. You have filled me and empowered me and I can walk in that power. I can walk in that love because of what you've poured into me. And then when I look at other people, I started to see God in them. That's why we love our brothers and sisters. They are going to get it wrong. At some point in time, possibly daily, just like I have, but I love God in them and I'll believe in him because love never stops. We have to ask ourselves, are we fruit flavored or are we fruitful? Fruit loops. You got like lime and lemon and cherry and strawberry and all these different little flavors and apple. How much fruit is in a box of Fruit Loops? Zero. None. Is anybody fooled by this? Like, does anybody, you know, think, oh my gosh, false advertising. Nobody thinks that. Everybody knows this is fruit-flavored crap in a box. There's nothing healthy about that. Don't feed that kid's your kids that in the morning and then send them to school and wonder why they're bouncing off the wall for their teacher. Fruit-flavored crap. That's what Fruit Loops are. It can have the smell. It can have the look. It can even have the label. But this is what it says it is. They say they're Christian. They're in a box that says Christian. They even know a scripture or three. So does Satan. He knows them all. But fruitful has the manifestation of God. Fruitful has the manifestation of love. That means we live love because it's not just who he is. It's who I am. I live love because it's who I am, because he who is love is within me. You're going to have plenty of opportunities daily to not walk in love. I can assure you, possibly before you walk out of these four walls, somebody is going to present to you the opportunity to not walk in love. It's not that look to the person to the left and the right and say, I'm sure it's not you. Did you say it is you? (laughs) It's not that the people you go to church with, work with, live with are bad. It just means they have stuff to work on. Y'all want to know a place where you get to practice love like by the hour? Ministry. Cheers. You see, these things that we preach, we have to like perfect. Sometimes, moment by moment, we sit there and nod our head. Bless your darling heart and stupid head. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
Yeah. Because, see, we've been the one that, oh, pastor, I just love you so much. Let me bake you a casserole. I love you. I'll do anything for you as long as you don't preach something that pisses me off. And then it's like, mm, that is just not the church for me. Oh, but it was six months ago when you was loving us up and down. What happened there? God changes his mind like we change our shoes. God's not flipping. Y'all, ministry is fun. The best part of ministry is the people, and the worst part of ministry is the people. I love y'all. It's true, though. (laughs) And I've been that person for my pastor. The one I married to and ones before. They do something, say something, make a change of something. Oh, y'all know how we like change. And we're just like, "Mm." you ain't supposed to fix what ain't broke. We don't ask questions. We don't come in humble submission. Pastor, tell me more about this. We're just like, "Mm." that ain't the church I started with. Out the door. How about family? Oh, don't look at your family right now. If you're sitting near your family, put on blinders. (laughs) You got to love family. Because you can't kill them, there's a life sentence with that. (laughs) Family can like grate at us faster than anything else. You know why? Because you live with them. There's no escape. I mean, even like the family, like my mama watches this. Mama, I love you. You're the best mama ever. But you know, parents, they're parents. Parents don't want babies to grow up. No matter how old you are, you will be my little baby monkey. And I'm going to tell you what I think. (laughs) Parents like to do that. Well, I don't know why you and Brian are doing it that way. If I was you, I'd do it this way. Well, you're not me. I honestly can't remember my mama saying that. But you know, family does that kind of mess. We got family that scrolls, like legit, we got family that scrolls on Facebook just to stalk us. Ask us how much they participate in our lives. None. We see them at the holidays. And then they're like, I don't understand why you couldn't come to the family reunion. Well, that family reunion was on a Sunday, right? Yeah, but family comes first. Mm. Actually, God comes first. If you want us to be there, we'll be there on Saturday. You know, you scroll our Facebook. You see where we are every Sunday. But they'll get snippy. Oh, well, it's nice that you could finally come see me. Oh, the road goes both ways, baby. You just don't ever call. Your phone broke? Well, if I'd have tried to call, it wouldn't have gone through anyways. It must be broke because you don't call me either. And that's when we rise up and we get defensive, right? Like all these things I'm saying, y'all are laughing because you've thought these things, right? I'm living it, right? All these responses I've said. And you know which one of them were right? Not a single one. Because there's not a single one of those responses that I have like out of my mouth, not a one of them was rooted and founded in love. How about, this one's fun. I'm not going to look at my coworker. How about the coworkers, not, (laughs) Johnny works with me too. (laughs) This is not Johnny. How about the coworkers that don't believe as you believe? Mmm. Or the bosses that want to make you do something, like wear that muzzle over your face. Did we walk in love then? 
or do we rise up with, I know my rights. You can't deny me from the free air that God has given me. Y'all, I had somebody bring that to me. God has given me the right to breathe free air. They're trying to stop me from this. I don't believe in the muzzles either. But the word says, obey the laws of the land. And if it's not contrary to the word of God, it says, slaves, submit yourself to your master. That's love. And in humbling ourselves to the word and walking in love, we keep the doors open to be able to minister in their lives. Y'all, I had some crazy stuff just this week happen. People accuse me of stupidity. Couldn't be further from who I am than if you'd have called me, you know, Jack Reacher. Like, crazy. But yet I just looked and I was like, thank you for your opinion. It's not the way it was, but thank you so much for sharing that. I'm going to take that and see what I can learn from it. Now, is that the way Nicole wanted to respond? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. Here's what Nicole did. I got up. I shut my office door because nobody needs to see Nicole in this moment. I was like, mm. Lord, <laughs> Lord, you know the life they're living. And they have the audacity to say this about me. Oh, Lord, no, sir, not today, see. Lord, you were my defender and promoter. Lord, shut the mouth of the lion. Like, y'all don't even think this is true. Oh, but it's true. Like, ticked off. But what did I do even in my ticked offedness? I reminded myself who I was. I reminded myself who my God is. Lord, you are my defender and promoter. Oof, Lord, this chick, oh, you died for her. I'm not going to send her to meet you sooner. (laughs) But Lord, if I can bring her to you alive, Let me. Because Lord, you know she needs you. And Lord, I know you put me here to bring her to you. And you know, just like that, like the turbulent waters start to settle. Because I take the filth that came out of her mouth And I submit it to this. Oh, I could have responded a number of ways. Rightfully so. I could have filed a complaint against her for harassment. Because she treats me very differently because I am a Christian. I could have taken that upline to HR. But what does that do? It makes the wedge between us bigger. Oh, that goody two-shoes thinks because she's a Christian, she can go cry to mommy and get it all fixed. Or I can live the love that Christian is supposed to have with it. Remember in recent polls, the one thing that was most missing in churches was love. And y'all remember, the church is not this building. Say, I'm the church. It's us that take love to the world. It's us that when people do us wrong, we literally get the opportunity to love the hell right out of them. Because what happens when you inject love? What are you injecting? God. God is love. So if I inject love into their darling hearts and stupid heads, I am injecting God into their lives. 
But if instead I say, oh, no, they didn't, and I meet their godless mess with my godless response, I, who am the carrier of God, effectively take God out of that situation. But when I want to walk in power and I want to walk in victory and I want my God to be my defender and to be my promoter, when I want God to take me from victory to victory to victory, when I want God to bless me, not curse me, help me to be the head and not the tail, I've got to put God in that situation and tell myself to sit down and shut up. Ministry in HR breeds plenty of opportunity to do this daily. So like this isn't just stuff that I'm saying sounds good. Like this is stuff I get to put on daily. And you can too. Yeah, but you just don't know them like I know them, Nicole. That may be so. But do you know God like I know God? See, that's the thing. It's not the stuff. It's not the people. It's not how loud they scream, how hard they bite. It's God. See, God can make everything smooth because love never stops. Love never gives up. It's not our job to be the judge or the equalizer. I am neither God nor Denzel. I know we resemble each other. But it is not my job to be the equalizer. It is my job to inject God by injecting love. But here's the thing. Fruit isn't just for others. Fruitfulness is for you as well. In 1 John 3, 14, it says, We, say I, I, I know that I have passed over out of death into life by the fact that we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in spiritual death. Ow! God says, I've presented before you death and life. And I'm going to give you the cheat sheet to this test. Choose life. Right? How do we do that? By loving. How do we activate that power in our lives? By loving. How do we activate that victory in our lives? By loving. We know that we I can look in the mirror. It has nothing to do with none of y'all. has nothing to do with my husband. I can look in the mirror and know that I, Nicole, have passed from death into life because I choose to love. I choose to love every person that's ever walked away from me and hurt me. I choose to love every person that ignorantly spoke against me like they thought they knew me. I choose to forgive and love every person that innocently and ignorantly said something that hurt my feelings. I choose to love because God loved me when I was at my worst, when I was filth and I had nothing good to contribute, is when God saw me and loved me enough to give that perfect offering that I didn't deserve. They are never going to deserve your love because we never deserved His. But we can freely give it because we've passed from the death that they're walking in into the life that God has freely given us. I just can't do it. That sounds good. I know you're right, Pastor Nicole. I know I'm right too. I just can't do it. Yes, you can. You can sit here and argue with me 
but I'm going to just give you the word. You know what he says? He says in Hebrews 10, 16, and 17, this is the agreement, the testament and covenant that I will set up and conclude with them after those days, says the Lord. I will. Is that like questionable? That's pretty definitive, right? I will imprint my laws upon their heart. I will inscribe them on their minds, on their innermost thoughts and understanding. He then goes on to say, and their sin and their law breaking, I will remember no more. He said, I will do this and I'll remember none of their junk. He hadn't even done it. But yet he chose to wipe it away. Before he injected his love into us, he already had his forgiveness and his cleanliness all over us. I will remember their faults no more. This is how we can look at someone and forget what they've done to us. Because instead... We turn to our innermost thoughts. We turn to our heart where he has written his law of love. You will always have thoughts here about what you could say. Maybe even have a worldly right to say. But you will always have the pulling here of God saying, do this. He tells us in Romans 5, 5. Such hope never disappoints or deludes or shames us for his love, God's love, his very own love, not like love like his, God's very own love has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. Who has the love of God in them? You do. Who has the love of God in them? Every believer, even the ones that you want to... Mm, even that one you're thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. Culture. Why? Because love never fails. If it fails, it never was love in the first place. You know, we were watching... Um, what's that show? Chronicles of Narnia. Luke wanted to see Chronicles of Narnia. So we were watching that. And one of the brothers, Peter, says to Edmund, that's the right order, right? Older to younger. Peter looks at Edmund, he's like, why can't you just do what you're told to do? And then in a second movie, Peter to Edmund, why can't you just do what you're told to do? And what was my favorite part of the whole movie will not be on your version of the movie because it happened in the house. Marky's like, Edmund's the worst. <laughs> and then we keep watching. And she gets the revelation, oh, Aslan's like a picture of God and of Jesus dying for us. Oh, snap. Jesus just died for Edmund. I'm Edmund! So great. <laughs> but you know, that's got to be how at some point God feels about us. He's like, I made it easy. Why can't you just do what I told you to do? And yet daily, we have to remember to put it on. He's truly made it easy for us. It's one choice. One choice that we get to make with every breath we take. I will walk in love when I walk into this grocery store and that cashier has her attitude problem. I will walk in love and I will love the mess right out of her. The best part of her day is going to be at 3.07 when that chick came and got her groceries and was nice to me. I did this the other week. I'm like running. Because I need to go get supplies for work and get to work. But it was a last-minute thing because the CEO changed his mind on something. And I'm having to fix his mess. Did not fit into my pretty little schedule. Color-coded and everything. And I had to go into 
Walmart. And anybody that knows me knows I have very distinguished feelings on Walmart. Then something didn't ring up right. Oh, can't even get their pricing right. So I walked over. Hey there. Something didn't ring up right. Could I get your help? Because I'm at the self-checkout. Because you know you don't have to interact with people in self-checkout. You don't have to wait on people. You can ring it up as fast as you can go and bag it the way you want to bag it. And you get it done right. Until something doesn't ring up. And then you got to go to the lady. And she's like... I don't know. I'm like, well, the sign with it said this price. Is there something I can do to help you? Why am I offering to help somebody? They're paid to do this job. She's like, And as she's doing this with her attitude, I'm like, Lord, I see. I see you in her. And I was like, are you having a good morning? I guess. I was like, that's good. Have y'all been busy? No, not really. I was like, oh, I was like, y'all had a lot of cars in the parking lot. A lot of cars this early for Wal- even Walmart. I just knew y'all must be busy. It must be some good sales or something going on today. And I watched as her body language just relaxed. And her little thing she was doing, it wasn't, she started doing it slowly as she looked up the stuff. And then she gets done. I said, thank you so much for your help. I couldn't have done this without you. Obviously, I could have. I could have gone to any other person. But in that moment, right then and right there, she needed to know she was important. Not because she deserved it. Not because she gave great customer service. But because there's God in that girl. And there's God in me. And when the God of love in me reaches out to her, The real her, not the pissed off her because she's working a minimum wage job with little to no respect. I mean, really, who walks into Walmart and expects customer service? Once they stopped giving away the smiley face stickers, customer service was out the window. (laughs) Nobody walks in and expects goodness at Walmart. Really. So nobody expects goodness out of the people. And we're wrong. And I saw that woman right there completely relaxed. And she walked away from me and was still smiling when she got away from me. Not because of me, but because I chose to make it easy. You know, I could have responded well within my rights. Girl, you are paid to do this job. You need to do it and do it right. I don't need to help you. I pay your bill when I buy this, doodad. I could have been irritable, met her irritation with irritation. And you know what I'd have done? I'd have carried it straight into work and not served anybody. Then wondered, why is my day going crappy? I'm just in a mood. I don't know what's wrong. It's just one of them days. Make it different. It's easy. We have got to stop putting on God what he's already told us to do. And empowered us to do. It is time for the body to stop expecting God to do what you've been empowered to do. You have it all now. It's not his fault. It's not his sovereignty willing this to be. It's not his job. He's already done everything. Somewhere in here is like the phrase... It is finished. Three words that said, done. 
Like he's done it. He's done it all. He's given you all. He's poured it in. He's empowered you. He's equipped you. Now we just have to get up off of our spiritual sofas and do it. But here's the thing. Which one of me would have felt better? The one who walked in my rightness, told her what needed to happen, or the one that walked in his love? Who do you think would have walked out feeling better? Obviously, the one that walked in his love. Because I chose to put him on. I was a blessing to her. He was a blessing to me. Because I was able to impart not anything she deserved, but everything Christ died for her to have. And when I go back in there, this won't happen at Walmart, but maybe it's a store I go to a lot. They see this again and again. And they start to see, I don't know that chick, but every time she comes, I just feel better. I've had this happen at stores I've gone to before. I've got this now. If we go to Blue Bay, you'll watch. And if this one lady is working, she will always hunt me out. And she comes up and she hugs on me. She discloses like very personal stuff to me to pray over. And I mean very personal stuff. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know. But why does she do that? Because for years, I've sown love into her. She used to work at another restaurant, and I would order from her from uh, when I worked at Alcoa, or when we were Alcoa. Um, we had lots of lunches all the time. I was constantly ordering food to be catered for, you know, meetings and stuff, and she was one that would always bring it to me. When the order was wrong, she got the same me as when the order was right. When the order was wrong, she got the same nice tip as when the order was right. And when she had questions or she wanted to, you know, talk, it was me she looked for. Not because of Nicole, but because when she encountered Nicole, she encountered love and peace and joy. Not somebody just expecting her to do her job. I called you to cater this meal. You need to bring it in here. No, I'd prop the door open. I'd go and I'd help carry the stuff. I'd find the heaviest piece of dish to bring in so that her load would be lighter because that's love. And the more I did that, the more I was able to pour into her. And is she here? No, she's not. Do I wish she was? Absolutely I do. But she's still stuck in the mindset of I have to work on Sundays. But you know what she gets every time she sees me? Jesus. I don't judge her because she works on Sundays. I pray for her that one day she'll be able to work a job where she can come to church like she said she wants to do. And I love on her. And I pray for these very private things. And last time I was there, I asked, how'd that go? And it blessed her because I hadn't seen her in like six months. But I remembered what she asked me to pray for. There's nothing in it for me. She doesn't go to my church. She doesn't work where she delivers my food anymore. But she's his. And through his love, I've been able to pray for her and watch her healed. I've been able to pray for her and watch her have unright favor. Like it makes no sense. Somebody did her wrong and before she could even shed the tear, provision was already in there. She got fired from the one job that where I used to work with her for, wrongfully so. And I saw her... And I was like, I hadn't seen you. She said, yeah. She just, it was like that day, but I hadn't seen her in a while. She looked sad. I was like, I haven't seen you lately. What's going on? Well, I just got told I couldn't come back to work. I said, girl, you need to dry your eyes. I said, we're going to pray and something good is going to happen. Well, I hope so. I can't pray like you can pray. I said, oh, yes, you can. Because the same God that died for me died for you. The same God that favors me favors you. 
And I watched as she stood higher and the tears dried. And I said, we're going to pray and we're going to pray right now. And listen, you better go check your answer machine, your mailbox, your text, whatever it is, because you are going to have favor come upon you. Are you ready? She's like, I am. And we prayed. And the next time I saw her, she goes, you wouldn't believe it. This guy, whatever his name is, that owns Blue Bay, called me because he heard what happened to me. I didn't even have to apply for this job. He asked me to come to work. That's God. This is what this means. God says, go into all the world. Preach the good news. You're loved when you don't deserve it. You're blessed when you don't deserve it. And I'm going to lead you to the one who does it all. And when I do, favor 